Hello. Linda, my friend. I'm looking at so many dogs right now. You at the dog park with uh, with your boy Leonard? No, I'm just at the park next to my house. And uh, no Lenny, because Lenny was being a little shit. I had to get away from him. Sometimes you need a little space. Yeah, you do. And man, this one little dog has a like a rave collar. Like it's like one of those glow stick things around its neck. Pretty dope. Got a is it raver? I guess isn't there another name for people that like to go to raves? Uh, I don't know. Burning Man Bros. Yeah, you, you got a burner dog. Yeah, a little burner dog. <laughs> I'm just like so high on Molly right now. Has no idea what's going on. Classic dogs. Linda, I miss you. I miss you. Too long without recording. I feel like I feel like it's been about six months, even though it has not been that long. I can't believe today's only Tuesday. <sighs> Boy, Linda, time. I just we have a we have a ban in our office slack about talking about anything related to time. Nobody's allowed to discuss time. Time is off limits. That's good. That's good. But yeah, I was just like convinced it was Wednesday. I was talking to one of my designers and was like, all right, so tomorrow, wait, what day is it? How? It's not an original idea. I know we've talked about it on the podcast a lot, but I feel like the Christmas break reset, like how fucked up it all is somehow. Well, there's been quite a bit going on as well, I think. I'm not sure it was yeah. just the Christmas break. Yeah. There have been about, I've mentioned in a text message to you, there's been about three or four separate things that have happened since we last spoke, where I was like, well, this is an entire episode with Linda, and yep. uh, we'll never record entire episodes about them because there's too many more things. They're all stacked up. Yeah, it's all fucked up. I just, ah. Got I a whole a big once. queue. <laughs> I read a book once about how, uh, like, in the primal times when women were giving birth, they would like go into a cave or into the woods and just like scream and like let their hormones like do their thing. And, uh, I'm like, what a great outlet to have that we don't have right now as civilized people. <laughs> like a lot of the feelings that I have, I think would just go away or be solved with some like guttural, uh, yells into the ether. <laughs> I would love to scream, Linda. This is not the first time we've talked about that either. We've <laughs> we've talked about wanting to scream before too, but yeah, I feel like that would uh, that would definitely help. But don't even remember. It's also a good way to get the police called. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not civilized. Mm-hmm. But I do live in New York, where I could probably just go scream at the subway. I think I, maybe I was talking about that. There was an episode of Broad City where she goes and yells at the subway. Because it's loud enough down there that you can do it. No one will even hear like you. Like as the train's going by on like a, a yeah. track or something? Yeah. Just like, ah! I think when we last talked about this, we agreed that the place you could do it was you could just go to the center of the Brooklyn Bridge and just scream. Oh, yeah. That, that would work. Yeah. Scream uh, into the... Is that the Hudson, I guess? No, I guess it's the East River. East River is what It's the East River, yeah. yeah. You can yep. just scream into the East River, Linda. Let the water soak up all those sound waves and all that rage. Yep, and just... Uh, blah, 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 blah. But 100 so times as loud. And it may be the fact that, like, maybe we haven't recorded, because I'm like, I don't even want to get into it. I, I don't even... 
know how Linda, we don't begin. have to we don't have to get into anything we can skip yeah. bean dad we can skip the call with the georgia state uh, uh senator or whatever we can skip the whole the uprising we can skip hitting him getting banned from twitter we can skip it all we have to talk about any of it we have to talk about wait what was bean dad oh bean dad is what i thought for sure we were going to talk about earlier <laughs> last week there's a i was like oh man i got a whole bean dad episode uh you know loaded locked and loaded <laughs> And then, uh, then you know, Tuesday happened or Wednesday happened, and it was like, well, what is Bean Dad? I can't even remember. Yeah, what is it? You, you don't remember? No, I I do remember. Bean Dad is on Sunday, one of my favorite podcasters. So I've been listening to every week, at least once a week, for over a decade, probably about eleven years at this point. Uh, who I really admire. Uh, he did a long tweet thread, I think, on Saturday night where he told a story about how his nine-year-old daughter didn't know how to work the can opener because he had never taught her, and he thought it'd be mm-hmm. a fun learning moment to let her figure out how to use the can opener on her own instead of just teaching her. And he told mm-hmm. the story to kind of make himself out to be this curmudgeonly grumpy old man who, you know, thinks that kids should know how to use can openers and whatnot. And yeah. uh, in the course of telling the story, talks about how she got upset, and she was crying about it, and talks about how he eventually said that you know, no one in this house is going to eat uh, until you you figure out how the can oh opener works. Oh my god! And he got mega canceled on Twitter for being an abusive parent. And then people went back through all of his old tweets from like twelve years ago and found all these replies where he used slurs and just canceled him. Oh wow! Wow! Big big, big cancellation times. Wow! I'm anyway, everyone was calling him Bean Dad. That sounds like some shit that my dad would do when I was a kid. Like, like, like no one's going to eat until... Like, to put that kind of pressure on a child is, like... That is abuse. That's fucked up. Shouldn't do that. I think my I dad would always little... do... That reminded me of is... Uh, he would just... I always remember if I ever got hurt and I was, like, upset, he would... If he eventually got tired of how upset I was and thought I was overreacting, he'd be like, all right, we're going to the hospital, which would only upset me more because I didn't want to go to the hospital... Oh, yeah, like, I remember that. Then he'd be like, either we're going to the hospital or you're shutting up. Those are your two options, basically. That oh, was that was often awful. threatened to me of we're going to the hospital now. Yeah. Yeah, I just hope that that little girl, uh, I wish that she could see all these people coming to her aid. Because unfortunately, I'm sure that she does not have access to that. <laughs> and so daddy just got canceled and he's probably going to take his anger out on his child. No, he's not. I could promise you that much. He's not that kind of a bad dad. I will send you his apology, which he published on Monday, I think, which I just got completely subsumed by the other news. I don't think barely anybody saw it, but what are you going to do? You yeah. can read his apology. It- and if you want to talk about Bean Dad next week, we can. But honestly, Bean Dad feels like a lifetime ago, even though it was completely yeah. occupying all of my feelings for Sunday and Monday and the beginning of Tuesday. So is this a guy that you like really liked? And are you still kind of like on his side and like saying that he probably shouldn't be canceled because he was a dick? Uh, you know, I, I don't think he should be canceled, no. Uh, okay. And if you read his apology, I think you'll have some more perspective into it. Basically, it's like, you know, the, the whole cancel culture thing is this big binary. It's like, if you did anything bad, you're now one of the bad people. And you must be right. deplatformed, and you have to have your podcast taken away from you. Uh, and all this stuff happened to this guy. Like, a couple of his podcast networks dropped him. He has a podcast with Ken Jennings, and people are trying to keep Ken Jennings from being the next host of Jeopardy because he's friends with this guy. It's like... Oh, wow. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and like, I don't know. It's just... Uh, I, the I'm not defending anything he did. 
yeah. it's not good. And his apology, I think, is a good apology at recognizing the parts of his behavior that are not good. But also, I yeah. don't think that what he did equates to you should no longer be able to make a living for yourself as a podcaster because you are <laughs> canceled. You don't have a right to be in the public sphere. It's like, I think it's yeah. a drastic overreaction, but... Yeah, and it's hard because sometimes people do deserve a full cancellation, and sometimes it's like, instead of doing a cancel on them, what if you just did a call out, like, like a, hey, this is shitty, and here's why, and you should probably try to learn from that, you know? Yeah. The most, most people won't ever learn from their mistakes unless, like, something drastic happens. At least really privileged people won't. Right. Because uh, they're entitled to that comfort. It does just feel like a binary. Like, it feels like he was treated as if he was, you know, a horrible criminal. Like, you know, it's, it's, he, I feel like he got right. treated as if he was Harvey Weinstein or, you know, uh, Louis C.K. or, like, somebody that, like, has done monstrous harm to people, like, repeatedly. And it's like, no, he said some insensitive jokes 12 years ago, and, and he wrote a badly worded story about teaching his daughter to use a can opener. Like, wow. he is not a human monster. He's not a drain on society. He's not spreading hate through his channels. He doesn't need to be deplatformed. Well, I'll look, into, I'll look into this Bean Dad story, and I'll uh, let you know where I stand. Great. Right, I'm looking forward to your, to your weighing <laughs> in on Bean Dad. <laughs> but yeah, since then, oh my gosh, so much horrible shit has happened. Yeah, and it's hard to off. be a person. I feel, I feel very anxious. Uh, yeah. But not, like, sad. I just have, like, a lot of, you know, like, go into the woods and scream energy. Like, just, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's a very tense yeah. time. I feel like a lot of people feel that way. And then it, like, it compounds. Like, all of your friends and coworkers and everybody feels that way. And then you feel that way even more because everyone's feeling that way. And it just, yeah. It's a big cultural moment. Yeah, it is. And... I don't know. This week, I just keep like repeating to my team, like, "Hey, everything sucks. Uh, do what you got to do to take care of yourself." I feel like a broken record, but I'm like, I'd rather say it too much than not enough. Mm -hmm. I'm and... sure you're doing a great job, Linda. Thanks, Andy. I feel like from knowing you, it's probably one of your strengths as a manager Aww. is recognizing humanity <laughs> and <laughs> and having an understanding that uh, you know. Maybe people are not going to be super productive during the uh, temper tantrum uh, attempted coup. Yep. And I don't need to prioritize the clicking of buttons. Mm -hmm. I've got to get At that conversion rate week. up before, I know, the, man. before the before the water wars. The CTAs aren't going to click themselves. <laughs> These CTAs <laughs> ain't going to call themselves to A's. <laughs> ain't going to see themselves to A's, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I, I have a bunch of stuff that I'm, like, excited to get people working on. But then, like, here's some true manager talk. I think that I know in my heart of hearts that me, like, kicking off those projects right now, like, they will finish at the exact same time as if I wait. And, like, probably with a higher quality if I wait. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I think, I guess it's different when you have clients who are demanding things to be done and then you just kind of have to, like grin and bear it um but with these in-house projects you're like is now the time for that side project that we were excited about when everything was chill uh hey linda when were not? things chill <laughs> 2019 no, wait 2015 i don't know 
Uh, can't remember the last chill time, TBH, personally. TBH. I know, I feel like the second we catch our breath, that that's when something horrendous happens again. Yeah, it does feel that way. It feels like a big, uh, sh- a big treadmill made of shit. Yeah. Let's talk about soothing things. Okay, so today, I... I think media has been getting me through the last few weeks. I uh, was listening to relaxing ukulele music today. And last Hmm. night I watched an episode of the repair shop on Netflix, which uh, a a man brought in a timepiece from his late great grandmother. And it was 150 years old. It's a timepiece. Yeah. But it was great because it's not a show about like like antique roadshow. It's not like how much is this worth? How much can I, how much money can I get off this shit I found in my dead relative's attic? It's like please help me that, capitalize my life. Right. It, instead, it's like heirlooms that people like really care about and like just want restored so that they can share them with their families. It's so sweet and wholesome and good. So it's like a documentary uh, of a person working at a repair shop to repair various. Antiques. Yeah, it's just like a just like a group of people who uh, repair things. <clears throat> like one of the things was a butter churn. That, that was cool to see this like hand cranked butter churn uh, there is be restored to very, perfect condition. There's something very very soothing about seeing things be restored. I have a YouTube channel I can recommend to you, Linda, that you yeah. might enjoy. So, I is don't it know. the Nintendo one? What? No. There's this guy who restores uh, Nintendo stuff and we've yeah. been watching that like, I've seen that. that's been recommended forms. to me before but i'm not interested in like that yeah. stuff i don't know i'm gonna send it to you this channel is called my mechanics and it's Ooh. this guy i think in switzerland um and he just restores old crap uh mostly like tools and stuff like that but just like old rusty junky messed up things but yeah the way he makes his videos is first of all there's no talking and there's no music it's just like close-up shots of him disassembling the broken thing that's all messed up, laying all the pieces out on a table, showing you the ones he has to replace because they're so broken, and then him making new ones on his various lathes and you know CNC machines and whatnot, and then you know cleaning up all the parts and sandblasting them and then putting them back together and making the thing beautiful again. And it's so soothing. Wow. He does a really nice job too. I've, I've watched a couple of videos like this from a couple of channels, and some of them frankly, do kind of a shoddy job of uh, the actual restoration. They kind of like, you know, Uh, they kind of hack it together for the purpose of the YouTube video. But like this guy's like, no, I'm going to hand manufacture like these seven itty bitty tiny screws that, you know, need to replace these other screws that were lost because I want them to match exactly. He like does a fantastic job. I that's found awesome. that very soothing, and I highly recommend yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly how the repair shop is. I Like, I saw a review for it, and it was like, if you're a big fan of solvent, this is the show for you. <laughs> it's just like people, like, slowly cleaning old mechanics with Q-tips. It's yeah. great. Um, it's real good stuff. Yeah, I also really uh, enjoyed Joe Pira Talks With You. That was my big show during the holiday season. Did I recommend um, that to you? I don't know. I don't know if you did. A few people did. Do you know I have a but, do you know I have a dedicated podcast all about Joe Parrot Talks with you? What? I sure do, Linda. Andy? Yeah. What is this called? It's called Matt and Andy Talk with You about Joe Parrot Talks with You. Oh my god, when did you do this? Uh Matt and I have been working on it over the year. We have not uh been working on it very quickly. We've been doing it as we can. 
But oh I'll send you God. a link to that as well because I love Joe Parra Talks with you, Linda. I oh love it God. a lot. Andy, that show has given me like new life. I have a weird crush on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to go to there. It's it's the most wholesome place. I swear to God, the house is exactly like my best friend, Brett, his mother's house in Minnesota. It's just like exactly the house and the vibe and the activities and the beans and uh, everything about it. It's just so wholesome and pure and good. It's a very good love letter to a place. And yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I can talk about uh, that forever. What was your favorite episode? Oh my God. Well, the last few, uh, I don't want to give any spoilers, but hello, tear, <laughs> tear jerkers. Uh, <laughs> when when Nana, you know, goes to the other side. Whew. Oh, well, there's the spoiler. All right, well, <laughs> so much his, for not giving spoilers. His Nana dies. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think that it's kind of similar to uh, the show How To with John Wilson, where, like, each episode is, like, its own self-contained like wonderland of things that don't totally connect to one another. Um, because, you know, like he'll, he'll be like, well, today I wanted to make a show about how to archive your family photos, but I really can't stop thinking about how Sarah did whatever, you know, so he'll kind of go off on these little tangents and it's like, the, the show is actually, that episode is actually about how he's like, fawning over someone or like doesn't know how to ask someone out but like he's talking about rocks or he's talking about <laughs> something else i just love it it's just so smart i think that my i love it when he's telling you how to go to sleep at night mm-hmm. uh with like the rain on the window that one had a really special feeling and um trying to remember obviously the grocery store one was great yeah. i've actually done the grocery store thing <laughs> Will I eat this? Should I eat this? Can I afford it? <laughs> That's his criteria for buying a food. That's so great. And he picks up some, like, Swiss chard, and he's just like, yes? No. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so he puts it back. <laughs> oh, Andy, it's yeah. my favorite thing. I'm so glad you know it and love it. That was one of my, uh, that was, like, one of my very early lockdown like you know last april or whatever things that was very comforting for for me was, yeah that uh, was that show yeah i think i'm gonna rewatch it over and over and over again i've rewatched it quite a bit largely because of this podcast because we've been we've rewatched the episode and then talk about it an episode at a time but but yeah it's yeah. great yeah and joe firestone has been a, a favorite of mine for a long time so to see her in anything is always a treat yeah, I feel like when she showed up on, like, you know, episode four or whatever, I was like, oh, now the show makes a little more sense. Joe Firestone's involved. <laughs> like, Right, and that, exactly. Now it's like, well, the missing piece. I see. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, and, like, but the way that... I don't know if they're actually together in real life. I kept Googling it, uh, but I want them to be because their love seems so real and genuine, and, like, the way that he's, like, sitting there trying to write the uh, obituary... And she just kind of takes over and she's like, come on, let's go outside. She's got this like, uh, the whole bit where she's trying to get in the truck. Oh, Andy, it's so good. It's just so good. It is really good. I love it. Go watch Joe Perra talks with you. 
And have you seen the the special he came out with? Uh, like Joe Para shows you soothing footage, I think is what it's called. Is that the one that came out this December? Uh, this one came out a little bit earlier, I think. Okay, I've, like there are a few uh, specials that I have not been able to get my hands on, and I would love to get my grubby paws on them. This one's called Relaxing Old Footage with Joe Perry. It came out seven months ago. It came out after the oh, show was done sick. into the pandemic. I'll send you a link to that one, too. Linda, I've sent you fucking four links. This is a four-linker episode so far. Oh, man. It's because we haven't talked in a while. we got so much to catch up oh, God, on. so much, Linda. So much. Yeah, I'd say that Joe Perry is, like, one of my favorite things. It's really, really good. I love it like, a lot. Yeah, it's right up there in my top five, I think. I have I have bought the whole series on iTunes for a few people and gifted it to them because oh, that's awesome. I wanted to recommend it and because watching it on Adult Swim is insufferable. <laughs> yeah. There's a fucking ad every 35 seconds for some vape pen to get you to stop smoking or something. Oh, that's stupid. The worst. Breaks you, breaks Adult you completely. Swim. They invest in good shows, but yeah, I feel like they aren't as hot as they once were. Yeah. I mean, I'm sympathetic. I don't know how else they're going to keep the lights on if not selling dubious ads, but... No. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, anyway, my favorite... I think the most important episode of that show for me is back really early on, because Matt McInerney recommended this show to me, and I take his... He knows my taste very well, and so I, I knew I was going to like it, but I was I kind of like... I think he recommended it to us, actually. It's entirely possible. Um, yeah. So... I was like, oh, the show was, like, fun and kind of interesting for the first two episodes, but I wasn't, like, totally in. I was like, it's just going to be this, you know, dry, like, comedy kind of show that's, like, you know, a kind of a, a portrait of this town, but with jokes. Uh, and then the right. one that really got me was uh, Joe Parra Takes You on a Fall Drive, which is season one, episode three, where he oh, takes the pumpkin. Yeah. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm all, all in on this show. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that, that episode somehow captures, because I mean, you know how important like weird traditions are to me, and like that episode yeah. somehow captures why and expresses it better than anything I've ever seen. And I'm like, yep, this is my show. I'm in. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, Watching that show makes me remember, like, the important things in life, and it made me want to, like, call my grandma, and I did, and all of his little rituals are so great. Like, I love his best friend. I love that he's, like, best friends with someone who's at least 20 years older than him, and, like... His... And that he's currently suing them just to see if there's racial prejudice in the in the, in the jury yeah. system, in the justice yeah. system. Exactly. And then, uh, oh, sorry about that. We're just suing each other to see. So funny. <laughs> and then uh, how he, like, every Friday for his entire life goes and sits with his Nana at her hair appointment. And, uh, yeah. It just, it's a very, like, patient show about, like, hey, slow the fuck down. It's, I, think the, I feel like it's somewhat radical in that sense. Like, how much it has totally jarring pacing compared to any other television show is yeah. like a very bold artistic decision to be like, we're just going to linger on all these things and everyone's going to talk slow and there's not that many jump cuts and we're just kind of like show things as they are. It's great. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And the soundtrack is great. And one of my designers was uh, yesterday was talking about the trend of slow TV and there are all these like slow TV videos you can find. One is just like a seven hour train ride from Oslo to somewhere else in Norway. Oh, you sent me that one yesterday, Linda. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, I don't know that, that that Joe Perry technically falls under this slow TV category, but but yeah, I think that people are starting to reject the intensity finally. It's like, okay, don't need all the jump cuts. But I mean, we have been watching like Fargo, which is like, whoa, drama, violence, packed with stuff. Ba-bam, 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 ba-bam. I really like the, the sound that train video made. It made very good sounds. Yeah, it was very soothing. On, that was uh, yesterday's. Instead of ukulele music, I was listening to choo-choo train noises yesterday. <laughs> Look, Linda, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. 2021 coming at. at you fast and hard. You got to listen to some choo-choo noises and uh, just fucking chill. I know. I'm standing in my park, and I can just see perfectly into somebody's window, which makes me feel weird. But uh, this woman's just changing her baby. This is a very sweet moment. It is sweet, and also creepy. But, I don't know, I'm looking away. It I'm can like, be both. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't mean to see it, but I did. And it was sweet. It can be both. One of my uh, one of my favorite podcasts that did an episode recently. It's a political show, but for some reason they did an episode about Star Trek, and they were just talking about whether or not Star Trek presents a utopian view of the future politically, or whether or not it's all like a pipe dream. But one of the guests on the show made this really, really good point when they were because I mean, one of the reasons I love Star Trek: The Next Generation is because it does have a like older sensibility of production. It is not fast jump cut action all the time it's very slow and patient and just kind of peaceful uh the production of the show is just very calm but this person uh-huh. made this great observation which i'd never connected until this person said it but you've seen star trek the next generation right yeah so he, he mentioned that like time. that just the the sound the ship makes which they basically have as like a backdrop between on half the scenes there's just this like sound of moving through space with these occasional like computer bleeps and bloops is just the most soothing like white noise it's this really deep low like white noise and just that yeah. sound like puts you in this very soothing headspace and i was like he's totally right that's ex- that's one of the most exciting and soothing soothing things about that show is that there's just this this like noise as if, it was almost if, as if you're like in the womb or something it's like everything is like, a little bit distant <laughs> and like you just hear this like hum yeah do they uh, have an app that just has that sound that you can listen to? Uh, that's a great question. I'm sure, I guarantee there is a YouTube video that's like 10 hours of Star Trek spaceship noise. Like, I guarantee yeah. that exists. There's um, gotta be. Yeah, let's see here. Star Trek ship noise. Because I have one of those little cylindrical white noise makers in my bedroom. 12 hours in 1080p thing. of Star Trek TNG <laughs> HD ambient noise. Oh my god, that's awesome. Alright, this is a five link show, Linda. I will I will actually put all these links in show notes too, listeners. Perfect. Thank you, Andy. Boom, look at all this stuff. It's coming at you fast and hot. Do you need to relax? Yes. Get ready. We should just post this show tonight. Just post it. Oh yeah, it. I'm going to. It's Tuesday. It's our podcast day. Yep, exactly. I also like that this, love- this video advertises itself as uh, 1080p, and it's just a still image of I mean, I guess it's a 1080p image of the Enterprise. That That's cool and true, but, uh, but yeah. yeah. You don't get to brag about that. I also like that yesterday we were, like, going to record, or we talked about it, and we were like, I'm too tired. We were both just, like, it was, like, 5 o'clock, and I was like, it's, nope. I'm drained. I've been sleeping so much. I'm just drained. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Waking up sleepy. Oh, hey, uh, got a new microwave today. 
Ooh, look at you. So that's cool. Yeah. That's now, uh, did you shop around? Well, you want to talk about the microwave you got? Well, ours broke, and since we don't own our place, we were like, hey, landlord, our microwave broke. And he was like, cool, if you replace it, I'll just take it out of the rent. We're like, okay. So this is a real Mark moment. You know, he gets really into comparing specs and reading reviews, finding the right thing. He's oh, but the, the biggest thing, he's Andy. the optimizer, right? The biggest change in my life since we've last spoken is that I got a bidet. <gasps> Linda. I got a bidet. Now, what'd you go for? Did you go for a tushy? Did you go for a higher end, some fancy Japanese toilet seat model? What'd you get? What'd you get? We got the Toto C200. Oh, my God. Linda, we've been, this is like a long time coming. We've been talking about bidets on this show for literal years. I know. For literally years, it finally happened. Wow. C200. Let me see this one. And and I got to chalk it up to Mark, that motherfucker. I came home and it was installed. He he just like, boom. He said it took him like four hours, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, but I'm very grateful. Wow. And it's, this is a huge improvement great. in your life, Linda. I'm extremely jealous. It is. And so, you know, I was going to get the tissue and then Mark was like, okay, I read some reviews because he's a review guy. And he was like, the water's really cold. And the seat, like, it doesn't warm the seat. So there are these other ones. Oh, yeah. To that... be clear, Vitushi is, is a garbage product. It's an Instagram dropship company that is just, a, you know, a shell. Right. It, it's not a good product. Right. And so since I had, like, used one before, I was like, well, I don't know. I don't care. Like, I don't want to spend a bunch of money on it. But then, yeah, I looked at the wire cutter reviews and everything myself. And then I was just like, okay, it's uh, Toto time. Wow. So, and I remember being in Japan and like all of them are Toto there. Right. Not all of them, but most pretty of much them. all of them, I think, I imagine. Yeah. And so, yeah, I uh, I really love how instantly Mark's life seemed to change too. Because, you know, he had never really used one before and he was like, I'm doing this for you. Uh, oh, he was kind of like, skeptical about it? Yeah. He was I like, he was like, look, is. I'm a man. I wipe my ass with dry ass paper and that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and now he's he's fully sold. He's yeah, like, no, oh wow! Once you have your tape blasted once with warm water, I mean, you're you're all in. <laughs> it is the best. It is so good. I'm yeah. I'm very into personal hygiene and remaining clean, and it's great. It's just like every single time you go potty, you get to start fresh as Boom. if you just got out of the shower. Little shower. That's great. Little downtown so showers. That's the biggest thing for me. And you and Hillary were shopping toilets for a long time. Is that still on your renovations list? Well, yeah, but we had to like put off the entire bathroom renovation because of COVID. And we probably could have just bought the toilet seat and attached it to our current toilet. But our current toilet's not an elongated model. It's a round model. And all of the best oh, toilet yeah. seats have elongated, not round ones. And oh, so the C200 have to, like, has a round one. Yeah, but like we have to just replace it when we did our bathroom like next year or something. It just seems. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I'm very good at talking myself into not doing a like you know partial version of a thing and only doing the best version of the thing, which mm -hmm. is oftentimes counterproductive because I will be like, oh, we can't, we can't put up a. The best example is for the first like year and a half we lived in our house, we had our pots just in a big pile, like all of our cast iron pans just in a big stack on a shelf. And yep. my logic was like, well, I'm not going to bother putting up a pot rack because we're going to redo the kitchen in 10 years. And at some point, Hillary was like, hey, maybe 
it's worth it to have a pot rack for 10 years. And I'm like, hmm, I guess when you put it that way, <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then hung the pots and I was like, yeah, that's, that's quite a bit better. We don't have a pot rack. Uh, we just stick it all in a drawer. What do you do it? So is it like a pot rack? It's like hanging from the ceiling over your counter or something. How do you, how do you do this? We just got like, uh, you know, like the garage pegboard stuff. The like fiber yeah. board with little holes in it. We just got a big sheet of that and cut it to size and attached it to a wall and got a bunch of hooks. Nice. I gotta say, it looks quite fetching. People often compliment it. They're like, "Ooh, look! Send me a, all your pants are on." Send me a pic of that. All right, I'm gonna yeah. send you a pic of that too. More stuff coming your way. Yes. Let me see if I can get yeah. an old picture. I could just go take another one, but I'm sure I have I think pictures that, somewhere in my. You know, we also photos. have like a, a New York kitchen situation where you have to get creative with the ways that you store things. We have to, too, but not because our kitchen is super tiny, just because we have too much kitchen shit. Yeah. Because cooking is one of the things we like to do, and we run out of... I'll send you an embarrassing selfie that has the pot rack in the background. Oh, I can't wait. That's the fastest I could find one. So excited. Um, Yeah, we just have too much kitchen shit, and every Christmas it's like, oh, no, we're getting more kitchen shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Checking anyway. it out. Pot rack. It out. Coming your way. Oh, nice. And that's the fastest picture I could find. Oh, yeah. That's a great wall for stuff. Yeah. Why were nice. you taking this photo of yourself? I'd be trying to take more pictures of myself to, you know, try and mark the passage of time. Yeah. It helps you to realize that you're a person. I do that sometimes, Why were you taking this picture of yourself, you jerk? (laughs) No. I just like to ask what comes into my head. So, why were you doing this? Uh, It's kind of weird. I have a lot of pictures like that with, like, my tongue half out. I'm just like, bleh. Yeah, I'm not not comfortable taking photos of myself, and I'd like to get more comfortable doing it because I feel like I should be. But, yeah, I'm always like, I have to make a goofy face or pretend like this is not serious or something. I don't know. Well, this is what the Gen Z kids are going to make fun of our generation for. Like, we just don't know how to deal with cameras because we, I feel like I see these kids in the park and they are just taking selfies together and they're so natural at it. They know all their angles. Yeah. I got the ring light on the phone. Not but me. we're old. I'm just like, yeah, I immediately make the dumbest face I can. Mm-hmm. When the camera comes out. It's the only way I feel comfortable if I'm being very stupid. Yep, exactly. I think you look great. Mm, well, thank you, Linda. It's very nice of you to say. You're welcome. Uh, I'm going to go home and make tacos now because it's taco night. Do it. Make some tacos. Uh, and congratulations on your bidet. Tell your butt I said thank congratulations you. on its improvement of life. It's and, a uh, thank you, Andy. Yeah, I'm a butt. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. It's nice talking to you, Linda. You too. Bye.